Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hello, and welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. My name is Topher Morrison. I'm filling in for Dan as he is trapped in a well and can't get out. Sorry, I'm being told that's not true. Apparently, he is just getting ready for The Ultimate Entrepreneur coming up June 22nd and 23rd in Warwick. If you would like to go, tickets are still available. We'll put the screen, uh, the information on the screen so you can check that out if you're interested. Why would you want to come to The Ultimate Entrepreneur? Well, one of the reasons is because you're going to get a lot of great advice and tips on how to thrive beyond the pandemic by listening to some competitors who are competing for the title of the Ultimate Entrepreneur. 10,000 pounds are on the line, and we have one of those contestants here as a guest for the Dan Bradbury podcast here today. Her name is Lisa Cato. She is with the Business Catalyst. She uh, is going to be here to share with you how she has not only been able to pivot successfully during the pandemic, but actually thrive and do really well. So we're going to get into the numbers. We're going to get into the strategies. We're also going to find out how she likes to pitch her business as well. So let's get into it as quickly as can. Without further ado, please welcome Lisa Cato to the Dan Bradbury Podcast. Welcome to the Dan Bradbury Podcast, Lisa. Glad to have you here. We've spoken a couple of times, so I'm excited to hear more about the business and how you're doing. Let's talk real quickly and just in terms of the pitch. Somebody meets you at a cocktail party. They walk up. They think, hey, I'd like to meet this person. They say, hey, what do you do for a living? Let me hear your pitch. Uh, my pitch. Yeah. So my name is Lisa Cato. My company is The Business Catalyst, and I work with business owners to help them design and implement the ideal customer journey, which gives the ideal customer experience, which results in them saving time, growing sales, and getting really, really organized, automating their lives, sometimes doubling their revenue, winning them back hours and hours of time. One time, we actually run back four and a half hours a day of man hours, which apparently in woman hours is, uh, is not quite the same calculation. <laughs> but, uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> But that's what we do is we help businesses grow, double their revenue, save time back so that they can really spend more time doing, you know, time is money. They spend more time doing what they want to do, whether that's playing golf, playing with the family or uh, spending more time strategizing on their business instead of in it. That's great. So hopefully everybody listening should be interested then in learning more about that. Let me ask you this. Would you consider yourself to be a business coach, uh, a consultant, a strategist? What's the label that you like, even though we don't like to label anybody? Well, kind of, it depends on which role I'm in. So, you know, I work with other people in my industry to help coach them. But uh, for people that are not in the industry, we work with four types of businesses. We work with e-commerce businesses. We work with info businesses. We work with bricks and mortar businesses and we work with professionals and consultants. Mm. So depending on where they're at in their journey, we like to meet where they are. Some have already got the strategy. They don't know how to implement it. Some people have got no idea about strategy and we have to kind of coach it out of them. So uh, we, we put our expertise where it matters. Interesting. So now the one thing that I know about... Well, we, we could, we could, I guess, throw the, the, the umbrella of coaching over that business strategy is that when, when pandemics hit or recessions hit or something happens in the economy to where businesses start to tank, the one thing that I know and experience has told me is that the first thing that most people like to cut out of their budgets are training and development 
strat- uh, consultants. Uh, it, it just they just cut it out. So the fact that you're even here having a conversation with us tells me that you must be pretty damn good at what you do because there are a lot of strategists, coaches, and consultants that, quite frankly, they don't have a business anymore because pandemic literally dried it up overnight. So um, I, let's let's get into some details and the nitty gritty here. Let's talk numbers first off as well because uh, you know you don't just simply do you know one person at a time here. You've got a fairly substantial business. Let's talk numbers. What were you doing in terms of revenue pre-pandemic? Just to put us in perspective here. Pre-pandemic, uh, we were probably doing around 15000 a month in monthly recurring revenue and some project uh, fees on top. But it wasn't my, this wasn't my primary business. Right. Well, that's yeah. pretty good then if you're just doing between fifteen dollars to twenty k and it's not your primary company. So that's fantastic. Um, and, and there's people that I know that were even doing more than that and they're dead. They don't have a business anymore. You do. Um, let's fast forward all the way to then, and then let's 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 pull into the meat of the sandwich, if you will. What are you doing in revenue now? Uh, in revenue now, we do around thirty thousand pounds in monthly recurring revenue before we do any one-off developments and projects. So you've doubled your revenues. Yes. Fantastic. Um, profit. Um, we don't need to go into the specific numbers there, but has the profit been uh, commiserate with that as well, or is it has it has it doubled? Has it tripled? Is it where are you at with that? I think we did more profit in quarter one of this year than we did in the whole of 2020. That's amazing. That's fantastic. So I'm guessing some of that had to do with the fact that you also had to apply probably some of your strategies. Just look at your expenditures and what were you doing and how did you cut those things out and get smart. So now let's get into the pandemic. You're doing around 15 grand a month. You're doing good. You've got a clientele base. The pandemic hits. Did you lose customers? Did they call the There was some customers. Well, there were some customers. You know, one of my customers who has 63 gyms across the States, we uh, we spent a lot of time pivoting them into an online model as we also simultaneously closed down each of their 63 gyms. Wow. Uh, but then we got to the point where we trained them in to how to manage their virtual pipeline because they're looking to cut costs and take it in-house. But the beautiful thing also for, for us was twofold, really, I guess. One was that people were letting go of staff. And what you can do with automation mm-hmm. in your business is a lot cheaper than having full-time staff. We can do in minutes what takes you hours. Yeah. So it was a it was very cost-effective for people who have people on furlough to be automating a lot of tasks. And other people were taking time out from their business to have a look at how they could refine and systemize and optimize their own businesses, whether it be in their sales, their marketing or operations, or indeed getting paid faster and more predictably. So we, you know, working with businesses there, whilst also delivering a lot of coaching sessions. So being uh, being partners with Keep, formerly known as Infusionsoft, they reached out to their top partners, such as myself, to ask us to help support their clients, their SMEs, in how they were going so there was a, a lot of visibility for me going on at that point as well. I'm delivering webinars or one-on-one strategy sessions of, of people, which we weren't charging for, yes. for people to to have the support they needed so that they, they didn't go under during the pandemic and have the best strategies at their fingertips. That's fantastic. So let's do this. So, so one thing that I heard in there when you were like with the gym specifically, yes, you had to look at the expenditures. But you also had to really pivot in terms of what type of a service were you delivering. Did you... Um, you, you said you started doing some webinars with Keep. 
uh, or Infusionsoft. I guess they're going through a little bit of a, a, a merge and purge with their name right now. I think Keep, is it Keep or Keeps? What is it, Keep? It's Keep, which is formerly known as Infusionsoft. Yeah. It's officially I mean, changed. Keep, keeps a way better name than Infusionsoft, by the way. I, I think they've made the right call on this one. So keep growing, keep serving, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they they brought you on. Um, you started providing some webinars. Did you have to change your pitch at all during the pandemic to offer different services or even pitch the same services a different way to make sure that people were seeing you for the value that you could provide? Well, that, that was what was really kind of serendipitous for me was the fact that because I was thrown into this environment, I had to get really nailed and really honed in on my messaging and what we offered and the results and the outcomes that we were able to deliver, which is how the ideal customer journey yeah. frame came into being, was everything that we do and that we offer falls into that framework. And all of a sudden, I'm not having to go, with this massive list of things that we offer. Right. And it became beautifully framed as a result of, of those uh, webinars and strategy calls where we had to be really clear. So I'm going to pick that apart real quick because what I just heard you say was you had, and this is my American vernacular, you had this long laundry list of all these things that you did and you narrowed it down to some key factors, some key things. Nine, I believe you have nine uh, phases. Is that correct? In the there, are nine, there are nine steps within three phases of the customer right. journey. Nine steps, three phases. That's a lot simpler than 25, 26 different options. In fact, it's probably even, I'm going to guess, by the way, that what really drives home is if you don't even talk as much about the nine steps as much as you talk about the three phases, because it's just easier to get in the head, right? So I go, well, these are the three things that I need to do. Yes, there's some sub-steps in, inside there. So by actually narrowing your service deliverables from a whole laundry list of things to three key phases, it became more palatable, right? Because people are already stressed out because of the pandemic. They're already in their, like their mental bandwidth is already limited. You don't need to burden them with 25 different options. Just give them one option with three things. Sounds like that's, so am I accurate on what you were doing there? Totally. I mean, the three phases of uh, capturing clients, of converting them, and then creating them as fans, yeah. that framework works for any business. The yes. strategy is the same. It's just the tactics that will change depending on the type of business. You know so, you know. People love to say, oh, my business is so much different, though, Lisa. I mean, I know you work with these companies, but mine's really unique. And what I loved you just said there is that businesses are the same, right? Like every, you could break down at what it is, whether it's a product or whether it's a service or it's a combination of both, there are three things you got to focus on, right? And it's universal. So I think that that's a really cool message that you got in there. Let's stop this. What? Um, so, so this is unique because a lot of the people that I'm interviewing, they have their business and they focus on what they do. You actually do focus on helping other companies succeed. They help them with their pivots and whatnot. So so I think this is really appropriate. People are watching the show. They're listening in on a podcast. Maybe some of them are still struggling, right? Um, what would you give advice, knowing that we've got so many different people that would be listening, but yet the fundamentals of business are all the same? Give me some gems, if you could, about what you would advise or recommend people do. You've, um, the, the first thing I would do is map out the customer journey, which is what we do, which is where are you weak in your business? Where are the gaps? Where are you leaving money on the table? Where are you not following up with people? Yes. One of the key things that revolutionized our business was having the sales process 
and having the sales uh, pipeline completely uh, nailed down so that every time we followed up with someone that went in there, we know who we followed up with so that we weren't hunting around in our scent items for who Right. Who we were, uh, who we were meant to follow up with. The amount of times people are so busy trying to fill the top of the funnel with new people coming in all the time, whereas it's like you've already got those people. You're just the best kept secret, and you're not letting people know how to be able to get over the line with you. It's, so it's work on the list you've got. Yeah, that's so true, right? Because I think that like there's so many things out there where. For a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about right now, it's up inside their head, right? They just know. But the problem with that is that, first off, if you as the founder CEO of your company have it in your head, your staff doesn't, whether they be full-time equivalents or actual full-time employees, independent contractors, it doesn't matter. They have to know that stuff, right? I, 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 and I don't know your specific language. For me, I, I, I refer to them as suspects, prospects customers, or clients. And in our business, we have very specific criteria that lets myself and all of my staff know exactly whether or not somebody is a suspect or a prospect or a customer or a client. And those four people need to be treated differently. And knowing what phase they're in helps us to know what service they need or what message they hear. So I love that you're saying that. So the first thing you would advise then is have them become conscious of their customer journey. Now, you've got nine phases in a customer journey that you, you feel. Um, and I'm sure they can go to your website to learn a little bit more about that. So we're going to try to get you some business as well, Lisa. So we'll put the uh, website up on, on, the, uh, on the screen, but it's the businesscatalyst.co.uk. Uh, they can go there. And I know that you've got loads of great information on the website to kind of help them. They'll probably get some hints and some ideas on those nine phases of the customer journey. Let's, get, let's go a little bit deeper here. Let's talk about, we don't have time for all nine. But let's talk about one of them, right? So out of the nine phases in your customer journey, what's the one that you think the listeners or the viewers would get the most benefit from in terms of really knowing to kind of like dig down on and, and get the messaging right for that? Um, I think, well, the, the sales pipeline, but what people don't do is they don't ask for reviews and they don't ask for referrals. If you have got people that you have served or in your community that know the value that you offer, uh, and know the service that you provide is just five-star amazing, then ask those people, it's an advanced referral strategy that was taught to me, ask them. Ask people to introduce people, get clear on who your avatar is, get clear on who your ideal, most favorite customer is, yeah. and who they are, and then go and ask people that know you and know your business to introduce those people to you. Uh, let's dig deep on this one. we got about four or five minutes left. I want to go deeper on this one because the one thing that annoys me, and I have to work with clients all the time on this one, is, is that they, they say, um, who would you recommend? Can, do you have any referrals? And they just have, they throw out these generic things. And what you just said there was know your ideal customer and ask for that, right? And by the way, this is interesting because I'm also guilty of doing this myself as well in, in that People will say, like, I've got one customer, I love the guy. Every time we have a conversation, he goes, is there anything I can do for you? Lisa, I hate to confess this, but do you know how many times when he has asked me, is there anything I can do for you? Do you know how many times I've said, no, I'm good, man. Thanks. I really appreciate your business. Missing a trick there. I'm missing, right? You know, and here's the story. I think it was two months ago. I said, well, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, 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 I want to get more of a female base in my mastermind program. I want to diversify this. We got too many men. We don't have enough women. I go, I'd really love to get you know, a, a kick-ass female entrepreneur that's produced. And I went through the, the, you know, the service-driven company. They're doing seven figures in revenue. And, and he goes, yeah, I can think of one right in mind. 
Introduction right away, sale made. And that sale's been sitting there for a year, Lisa, and I missed it, right? So I think the lesson there that you're pointing out is get clear, but also don't be so humble. Like, be willing to ask for the help, right? That's what I heard you say. A hundred percent. You absolutely need to ask for them. Have you ever been offended when somebody's asked you? And if you're willing to hear the answer, no, you've got nothing to lose. Exactly. Because it's a definite no if you don't ask. Yeah. But being not asking that person to burn calories or do research on your behalf, if you're really clear like you were, I'm looking for females doing seven-figure seven revenue in a service industry, who do you know? Or what to listen for. When somebody says, I've got this problem, or, you know, if you were selling water heaters or boilers, and people going, oh, my house is cold, my house is drafty. You know, what to listen for, who to look out for, teaching people in your network how to find business for you and to be able to reciprocate for them and teach them. Say to them, who are you looking for? Don't just say anybody. Who is your ideal client? And doing that exercise of looking at the people that you love working with the most who are in the the right type of business is, uh, is one of the best exercises you can do because if you're trying to serve everybody, you're in fact serving nobody. Indeed. And you know, the other thing you just touched on there, by the way, is that people love to help people as well, right? So by me being humble and saying, oh no, I'm good, I'm actually depriving my customers of feeling good about being able to help. And I think that's something that we kind of overlook as well. So what a great reminder. I think everybody watching the show or listening to the podcast can benefit from that type of a reminder. Um, You've got some stiff competition coming up at The Ultimate Entrepreneur. You've got nine other entrepreneurs that have also crushed it in their business uh, as a result of that. You're competing for a 10,000 pound cash prize, which is pretty cool. Are you excited for the event? Oh, I'm super excited for the event. And I'm really also also very proud to have probably 50% of the contestants are actually clients of mine. So I'm giving myself a little pat on the back that that part of the success of their business is down to absolutely. The fact that you should take that. Yeah, and I think you should put that in the pitch too. Maybe not name names, but you should definitely be pointing that out to the audience to say, "Listen, man, some of the people I'm sharing the stage with—they're my customers. That's huge. That's fantastic." So, uh, for those of you watching, if you'd like to learn more about the program. Uh, it's going to be the Ultimate Entrepreneur. It's Dan Bradbury's event. It's coming up in work. It's June 22nd, June 23rd. Um, it's a full-on mastermind. You're not just going there to watch Lisa compete for the contest. You're actually going in there to look at your business and take a deep dive into your business and get some great thinking from some of the best minds in the business. Dan's going to be there. He's going to have some of his key trainers are going to be there. And you're going to meet people like Lisa as well. She'll be there. In fact, all of the contestants are going to be there to share their concepts and their ideas and also give you great solutions and answers for your company as well. I highly recommend you check out the Ultimate Entrepreneur Mastermind. It's coming up June 22nd, 23rd. Information's on the bottom of the screen. Lisa, let's get you some business. I'm going to put up your website as well. Your website is thebusinesscatalyst.co.uk, but you have a really cool website that they can go to if they just want to speak directly to you. And that one is, I love this, bookacallwithlisa.com. Is that right? Did I get it right? bookacallwithlisa.com. So you can either go to the businesscatalyst.co.uk or you can go to bookacallwithlisa.com to book a specific. And now, by the way, if I book a call with Lisa, what do I get in that call? Is it a uh, The call? initial call is a discovery call. We yeah. see if we like each other, but we, we do an overview of what the outcomes are you want in your business and what your struggles and your problems are and how automation can give you some really significant results. Ah, fantastic. All right, listen. Uh, Lisa, the time goes by so quick. Thank you for being on the call. I look forward to meeting you uh, June 22nd, 23rd in Warwick. I look forward to meeting all of you that might be watching or listening. 
Get to the Ultimate Entrepreneur Mastermind coming up June 22nd and 23rd. Thank you so much. Take care for now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.